Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 21 of the Backyard Banter Podcast. I'm every twice a week talking to some of the best minds in the football writing industry, talking about how they got to where they are and how we can help you, the audience, get there too. Or just listen to some good stories. Stories. And I have a really good one on tap today, um, and we're, we're speaking to somebody who is probably, I think, second only to Charlie in name drops on the podcast so far, and that is my NFL media colleague slash roommate, Alex Gelhar. Alex, how are you doing this morning? Uh, yeah, I have been mentioned quite a few times, naturally, because we live and work together and spend all together too much time together, so happy to be here, man. I said it took uh, 21 episodes, but better late than never, right? Well, listen, I mean... <laughs> Obviously, I think it's better now that you and I, uh, to, to peel back the curtain here a little bit, uh, we are now on other ends of the country. You are actually back home Correct. in Wisconsin. I'm back home in Virginia. Um, so if you're watching the show, this is not my childhood room. I'm, I'm broadcasting from my mother's office in these cute background colors. They don't belong to me. But anyways, yeah, you and I are no longer in the same vicinity, which I think could have been kind of weird, you know, podcasting yeah. from the same home. Hugging, hugging each other around that mic would have been a little awkward. So I just had to, I had to tease you a little bit there, but it makes sense to do this while we're both spaced out a little more. Absolutely, I would I would say so, and uh, you know I get to say so because this is my podcast after all. Um, <laughs> anyways, Alex, so you obviously work at uh, NFL.com, but I always start the podcast asking the guests how you fell in love with with football or or fantasy sports in general. So take us through your backstory there. Uh, well, as you mentioned, I'm back home in Wisconsin. I'm in my parents' condo now. And if you know anything about Wisconsin, like football is huge here because of the Green Bay Packers. So for the most part, if you're a kid who's born in Wisconsin, you're born bleeding green and gold. And I got that from my dad. So as a kid, Sundays would grow up, would get out of church, get home, watch the Packers, watch football all day. Usually in the afternoons, we'd, uh, we'd get together with kids in the neighborhood and we'd play football during the afternoon game because the Packers would be at uh, – 12 o'clock and then it'd become come home would be like dinner watch nfl primetime watch sunday night football and then that was like that was all we had all year round basically as, as soon as football hit took over it was 24 7 in the house kids at school we'd play football at recess stretch games out from like we'd have like three recesses in elementary school stretch football out through all the game would continue through all three recesses and stuff and uh just grew up watching the game and loving it and wanting to learn more about it and then my dad has been playing fantasy football since like the nineties. So pre-internet when he used to have to get the paper on Monday morning and hand tabulate fantasy scores, print out a, like a, 10 copies of it and mail it to all the guys in the league. So people knew where they were, their standings were at. So when I was a kid, I was, I loved football and he'd bring me to the, the fantasy drafts because we always do a live draft, which I recommend everybody do as well. And I would just be the beer runner when I was a kid. So I would like sit by my dad on the cooler. And when somebody in the league finished the beer, they'd be like, Alex, I need one. And I'd run it over. So for years, I just, I just hung out at the drafts with my dad and would, would watch fantasy football. And then when I was a little older, he'd allow me to make a pick here or there, you know, like ninth round pick, he'd point to three guys and be like, who should we take out of these three? And, you know, I collected football cards and played Madden and stuff. So I'd be like, Oh, let's, let's take this guy or whatever. And then when I was about like, 12 years old or so somebody dropped out of the league and I had enough money to buy into the league. And I was like, dad, I want to, I want to be in the league. Like, let me in. So they were like, yeah, that, that'll work. So I've been in that league ever since. And, uh, that's got my dad, both uncle, two uncles. Now my godfather, like some firefighters that my dad has, uh, that has worked with forever that I've known for like my entire life. 
couple of my friends that joined the league, one of whom is also a firefighter with my dad now. So that was kind of where it all started. And it was just grew up around the sport, grew up loving the sport, played it for a while. As you know, I don't exactly have the, the frame to uh, continue <laughs> oh, what are you football about? very, on. very far. Uh, and I'm, a, I'm a shorter, lean guy, so I would have had to be a, a, like a Wes Welker type. But uh, no, so I always grew up loving it and loved watching it. And uh, that, was where, that was where the sickness came in. Well, it's true. You're definitely the less uh, sexy, physical, fit one in the in the apartment. That's obviously for sure. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but no, I mean it, it's definitely true. You grow up in that uh, Midwest uh, Wisconsin culture. You are inundated with football. That is, it is in every layer of the uh, of the society there. That's for sure. Um, so I I know that you did not necessarily jump right into writing about sports right after college. What were you doing before then? Well, right after college, I went to school. Sports was always still a huge passion. And I went to school at Marquette in Milwaukee for basically like a TV and film degree. So did a lot of college television production, did a lot of uh, video production on my own. So I uh, worked, on, worked on some of the sports shows and did um, some sports-related things. Like we taped, my buddy and I filmed a Olympians dinner with a lot of speed skating champions because Milwaukee was like a mecca for the U.S. speed skating team back in the day. So did stuff like that, but my main focus getting out of school was to work in entertainment, which was what brought me to Los Angeles. I moved out to work in TV and film, and I had started doing that as an assistant at a small independent production company um, the first about a year and a half that I was out there because that was what I focused on more in school and spent more time on than, than anything sports-related. I mean, it was always a big passion, like I said, but was writing and watching film and TV and stuff like that. So I came out, was successful in that, but then the the opportunity to work up for the NFL came as I was kind of in a transition looking for my next job in entertainment, and I was like, I've loved football my entire life. It'd be a dummy not to apply, and that's what got me to the NFL. And your first job was not with the fantasy team. You were originally doing what now? Correct. I was. I joined in digital features, which was more of a seamless transition from uh, TV and film because I worked with our old boss, Carmen Dukes, who I think you might have mentioned once or twice on this podcast, who was awesome. But she had just gotten hired to start out digital features, which was kind of nebulous when I got there. They were like, we don't know what this is going to be, but we're open to everything. So it was a lot of just writing articles like whatever we have an idea for. And I was doing a lot of shooting and editing video as well because I was kind of like a jack of all trades under that team. So like, well, if they needed somebody to shoot a video with like Des Bryant was in the office and they were like, hey, let's let's get some sort of behind the scenes video. Like that would be me. I'd go and shoot it and I'd come back and edit it, get it on the website and do that thing. Or like, hey, we're writing, we're writing X, Y, or Z. Like Alex, we need you to chip in on that. Like we did a big, uh, when it was the 50th anniversary of JFK's assassination, that actually had a big impact on the, the NFL world as well because it happened in Dallas and Dallas was kind of a, fledgling franchise at the time and all these things that happened with it so we did this big joint feature with films and the the network features team the digital features team so stuff like that working on those pages and writing and editing and researching and stuff like that too but um as a part of that like as you know you're on the seven month swing right now for the nfl i was as well uh fantasy was under carmen's domain but it was mostly just michael fabiano Marcus Grant and uh, Adam Rank were kind of the main the main trio there, and they had a lot of duties with the network and stuff like that. So I, I saw that there was a need for maybe them to help, and I played fantasy my whole life, so it was a way to show my versatility. At first, I was like, hey, do you guys need help chipping in? So like the first year I was there, I started out writing like defense profiles for the draft kit, which 
really exciting oh, stuff. Great. That was but, a know, real treat. <laughs> real treat. So I started, I started just dabbling in a little bit. Like I, I did some stuff for them, my first tour of duty. And then uh, I went on my, my break and I came back for, uh, actually I came after that, I came back full time because I was a lot fortunate enough for a head to open up. But I was still full time in digital features with, with Carmen um, and Amar Shah, who works under her as well. So I was, I was doing everything with digital features, but um, there was still more and more opportunities as, as like Marcus and Rank were on television more with Fabiano too. Like the fantasy team needed more and more help. So I kept chipping in and chipping in and uh, took, some, uh, took some initiative too, like created some, some of my own articles and like pitched them to them. I didn't just like create it and publish it at first when I wasn't in the teams, but I was like, hey guys, this was an idea I had. Um, the first one I wrote like that was a fantasy film study because nobody was really doing that on NFL.com at the time. It was our editorial like slate was a little more, a little more trim. And it was like Fabiano would get a start on the cinema. We did waiver wire. Marks would do an article or two and that was sponsored. And that was kind of it. So I was like looking for opportunities in the space that could fit with what I liked and what I wanted to do. And then as I just kept working my way in, I saw fantasy was growing and growing and growing as you know, and it was a bigger opportunity. So I just kind of pushed my way in there. And it was like, I think I'm in another degree and put me over there. And that's where I've been ever since. Yeah. I think there's a couple of really good lessons there from your story of, in terms of how you got in one being that you saw a need and then just didn't wait to be asked to do it. You just kind of did it. And I think that's something that a lot of people have talked about is, is a really important part of, of getting into this business. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's especially this business, but in any job, like any opportunity, whether it's your school or an internship or a job, it's all going to be what you make of it. Few people are lucky enough to just go somewhere and have everything handed to them, you know, on a silver platter that, that really doesn't happen. Like if you see opportunities, you have to be able to take the initiative and take those and be prepared to take those opportunities and not just kind of rest on your laurels and say like, oh, well, they'll recognize me when they're ready. Like, those people, other people at whatever job or situation it is, are all going to be extremely busy too. And they might not have the time or always be thinking about when is it right? Should we put this person in something else? Or like, should we give this opportunity to somebody else? You have to be there like asking for it. And most of the stuff that's happened to me throughout my entire career, you know, college entertainment industry here has been a lot of me recognizing opportunity and, and taking the initiative for it. Yeah, you're definitely a headstrong uh, person, which is good because our team needs that a lot of times. And I'm certainly not that person as much as I <laughs> <laughs> as much as I seem like, uh, you know, I mean, I know what I want and I do what I want. But like at the same time, you're I, this is actually kind of fun. let's talk about this a little bit, because I think it comes a lot from your background in entertainment and just like your personality in general. There's a lot of politicking that goes on with what you do. And it's something that I've, I've said a lot in our private discussions. It's something I could care less about. Even though I know it's important, I don't think it jives with my personality or anything. Why is that so important? And how do you, how do you implement that on a daily basis at, at our job? Yeah. Well, I guess to back up a little bit too is like then since I slid into uh, being full-time at Fantasy with the, the television and other commitments of guys like, I mean, Fabiano, as you know, is like, on every show now. So he's, he doesn't write for us as much anymore and things like that. I've kind of, I kind of fell into and, and took on a bigger leadership role with our team then and, you know, helped bring in you. And I was there when we brought in uh, franchise Matt Franciscovich and just, I, I guess it comes from, I mean, I did, I did have to do a lot of that politicking, like you said, in entertainment industry. I always like to joke that 
that's what I miss the most about it is when you're an assistant, it's kind of like Game of Thrones and it's this exchange and battle for information on what script do you have or what screener can we get or what is this person doing next and are they available and like what do you need for me to get this information but also just I think it's good uh, in any sense and it's not for everybody like you said not everybody has this this mentality with it but getting a sense of the bigger picture both like in your own company and in the world around and like when I slid into NFL fantasy like I said the the editorial slate was a little was a little lighter. We weren't doing our own podcast. We had an NFL Fantasy Live, which was great. But like I saw, because when I was starting to do it more, that was when I discovered like things like Draft Twitter, and I was expanding more what I was reading and understanding about the industry. And I was like, man, there are people that are doing a lot of really great stuff out there. And our our company isn't comparing right now, and it should be because we're, you know, we have the shield in our Twitter avatars and on our our headshots and stuff and we should this company this media group should have a better presence in the fantasy industry so that was something that I kind of felt passionately about having been there for a while and wanting it to be perceived better because I know at times it wasn't perceived as well in the past because there weren't the resources behind it so now that there there were and we could get a little buy-in I wanted to just keep fighting for that and keep getting more resources to change the perception because if my name's going to be attached to that, you know, to that brand and I work for it and, and defend it and stuff, I want it to be as good as possible. So that's, that's kind of where that drive came from to do more of the politicking and go to more of the meetings and like fight for more of that stuff for us and our group and things like that. Well, I, I'm glad you do it. Because uh, <laughs> in the long run, it does it does help all of us. And and you're right. I mean, I remember when I got the job, they, you know, people, a few people said to me like, oh, yeah, well, NFL fantasy, like it hasn't always been that good. And that's something that I feel the same way. I feel the same way about it. If, I'm a, if my, my name is going to be attached to something, if I'm going to work for someplace, it's going to be damn good. I'm just glad that you, you know, you do all the work there and I just, I sit around and do whatever the hell it is that I do. Um, yeah, that's why we, that's why we wanted to bring you in is like, we, we finally got, cause we had had a bunch of guys that some were good. Some didn't have the drive of like franchise before we got him in and he's like grown by leaps and browns and is, is kicking ass for us now. And you know, Marcus and I were talking a lot when we were looking through resumes and guys, that's why we wanted to bring you in because you had such a natural like, talent as a writer and a good voice and like a different perspective on things. And we were like, this is what we need to, to grow our team. And that's what we needed. Like, you know, we had been there longer and we're inundated and all the not nasty stuff, but like the corporateness of it all. And we're like, we just need good, talented writers that we can set loose on the world. So that's why we, we brought you in. And I think people have responded to your stuff at, uh, at work. Check off compliment me. All right, perfect. Good. <laughs> now we can end the podcast. No, I'm <laughs> I knew I, I knew I had to get that in at some point. So. That's a, that is a requirement. It is a pre- it is a requirement pre- for all. Absolutely. You have to compliment me at least once. Now, you know, you can do it more than once. I'm just but at least once. But no, anyways, I'll, back to you, Alex. Um what what do you think is is one thing that has you mentioned the big corporateness of it and there's been a lot of things that have surprised me working for a corporate environment one what's one thing that you think you, you didn't really expect coming into that sort of atmosphere um you know it's i think the thing that kind of caught me off guard but now that i've been there that i've seen it more it's not that surprising is despite the the huge money maker and how popular fantasy is like how little resources kind of sometimes get put into it. And we've gotten better about evening that out. But I mean, you know, we have so many sponsored articles and like 
the show, like our good friends, the producers like Hyphen Kalani, like his Friday show was basically every block was sponsored. Mm-hmm. So it like leaves him little opportunity for creativity. So despite how much money is brought into that, um, at first, like how little resources were put behind it, because it's just kind of like, well, it's fantasy and people are going to like it any either way. So we don't need to put more resources or do other stuff with it, which I think is the, is the battle we have sometimes too, because there is really good content we can put out might not traffic as well as like here are the 18 players you need to pick up for fantasy football this week. Like number six will blow your mind, but um, it's still good content and it's important to the space and the people that play the game. So I think it's that battle of like the popularity and, uh, and power of fantasy with how much actually gets put into it. And I will say though, I think that we're, we're starting to swing back around. I say that now we'll see what happens once the season comes <laughs> at our own company, but uh it could be encouraging because more people upstairs are starting to talk fantasy a lot more at NFL media. So that's good for us. Right. Yeah. Like, Oh wow. This thing is really popular. Maybe we could just, maybe, <laughs> maybe it could be great instead of it works. Yeah. Maybe we can make fantasy great again. Make fantasy great again. Oh, good God. Um, I was joking on Slack before we got on here, like in my travels back East, I finally saw my first Trump sign. So, yeah. uh, making- I haven't, I don't think I've- I don't think I've seen one in Wisconsin yet, but one of my friends told me, because my parents recently moved into a condo that's on the water now, which my father, he's off today from the fire station, is already out in his boat and gone. But uh, one of my friends drove past our old family home, and he was like, I'm pretty sure I saw a Trump sign in your yard, so way to ruin the neighborhood when you guys left. Oh, terrific. <laughs> oh, there it is. Well, before we uh, before we get any Trump supporters off the podcast, <laughs> please listen. Right. <laughs> please, please don't turn the podcast off. Um, <laughs> I, th- I think it is, it is funny that um, there's, there's that, like – air of well yeah fantasy works and and we'll just we'll make it work but you know there's so many good sites out there that are that are producing so many so much good content so many good talented writers i think it is important to always strive to be on top of that and especially because this shield like you said is behind us and everything and that presents uh, some different some different challenges as well but um you mentioned like bringing your own sort of spin to nfl fantasy like with the nfl film study or the fantasy film study and everything and you do a lot of side work too. That's not just fantasy. We'll talk about that later. But what do you think is something that makes that makes your work unique, Alex? From you know mine or Marcus's or franchises or even people that are outside of our our sphere as well. I think it's it kind of just speaks to everybody. And I I did a lot of writing throughout high school and college and stuff like that. So I kind of I kind of found my voice earlier. But it's just it's having a voice and. Uh, in a perspective when you write and whether it comes through in shorter form stuff or longer form stuff, like having different, having a different way to look at things or just present your information in a clear, concise way. Like I think a lot of people have always told me that one, they would read my stuff, whether it was like a book report or like uh, you know, something they would be like, I, when I read that, I, I heard you saying it, which is I think what is important for every writer to find. And it's cool. Cause like that was something evident with you right away is you had a voice. And I think like, franchise he kind of really found his voice this past year as he as he wrote more and you know like guys like like rank if you ever read anything that adam rank writes you are 100 <laughs> percent like this is clearly adam rank there's not a chance this is anybody else in the world like if you took his headshot and name off of everything he ever wrote you'd be like yep that's rank because yeah. of you know 800 word tangents on uh big brother or whatever the hell he's watching nowadays <laughs> but so i think that was that was something i just kind of tried to find and in terms of like the film study and doing different content is because I kind of, I came into sports writing a little later 
I always knew it, um, knew knew the sport and the avenue well. And like at old jobs, I would be, I was, you know, the guy like you reading fantasy articles and film studies and things like that, and, you know, on my breaks at work and stuff like that. So I've kind of always felt like I've been playing a little catch up and I still am because there's so many amazingly talented people like doing really good fantasy analysis out there. Um, yourself included, another, another compliment there. So we'll get that out of the way. Sure. But like, um, there are just so many people that do stuff that blows me away that I'm like, Jesus, like, I don't know how they had time to research that or think about that. And it just, you know, it, ins- it inspires me to try and look at things in a different way or, or think of more stuff when I, when I have the time. So, but most importantly, it's, it's having a voice and finding it. And it's not something that, that should be forced. It honestly just, as you know, it just comes with practice and comes with repetition and, and writing more and rewriting and kind of finding ways to, um, to express your thoughts in the best way. There's a quote, Crap, who was it from? I think it was, uh, it was Oscar Wilde or somebody had a quote that when they were writing, they would always ask themselves, like when they'd be done with the passage, to say, was this the best possible way to express your thought? And then they, if it wasn't, they would go back and rewrite it. So just just finding your voice. And it's not like you need to have the most crazy analytics or a reception perception or something like that. That will obviously help. But, but good writing and a good voice will speak for itself and people will come back to that more often than not. Yeah, I, I, who are we talking about this? Uh, we're talking about this in one of the episodes recently, um, and now I'm, I'm blanking on who it was. But how some of the like I, you can have a great analytic study, but if you can't uh, if you can't express it, if you can't write it well, nobody's actually going to really like it. And your data can be great, but if you're a bad writer, um, mm-hmm. nobody like nobody will read it. Or it will, I, and there's a lot of really interesting like analytic studies and, and data presented in articles, but you know, when I'm reading it, it, it tends to lose me uh, because the yeah. writing is bad. <laughs> and then I don't really care what the data found, even if it's important. And I think that that's something that, especially if you're going to go into analytics, like, you know, and I'm not trying to pat myself on the back too hard here, but uh, if I was a crappy writer, people probably wouldn't care about reception perception as much because you know, it's like, all oh, these are a bunch of numbers and this jackass can't explain to me what the hell it all means. Right. Like great, some colored spreadsheets and this weird stick figure. Like, what the hell is this? But because you can contextualize it and explain the the data in a clear way that's helped people respond to it. Certainly, and you mentioned like finding your voice and everything. And I, I will say, from obviously knowing you very well, as you mentioned, spending all together too much time to, around each mm-hmm. other, um, which hurt my feelings a little bit, by the way. But we'll talk about that. No, I mean it, it's good. <laughs> we live and work together, so like. I stare I'm, and we're, our, our, our desks literally sit like this at the office. So I'm basically looking into your eyes all day and lucky then I you. home and I know, right. <laughs> and then it's the, and then we do the same thing at the apartment. So that's for sure. And we are, I've, you know, mentioned people that obviously being home have asked me like, well, how's your roommate? And everything. I'm like, well, he's great. We're, we're pretty bad influences on each other. Cause we both like to drink and bullshit. And uh, there's a, yep, lot, a, lot. a lot of drinking and a lot of, uh, I remember one, one time we got back from like our happy hour or whatever. And you're just like, do you just want to just drink and philosophize time? Like, that's all I've ever wanted to do. <laughs> yeah, that was, a, that was a good night. That was a good night. That was a, that was a damn good night. We don't do that uh, every night, though. Thankfully, our livers would fall apart, which speaking of being no. back in Wisconsin for like a week, and I still have a week forthcoming, I'm going to need to take my, I'm going to need to put my liver on a vacation <laughs> when I come yeah, back right. to LA. I'll just, I'll just say that. You need to, you took a vacation and how your liver needs to take a vacation after that. Um, yeah, that makes quick, quick aside, like every, I mean, Wisconsin, everybody likes to, likes to beer and stuff, but the trouble is like every, so far every, it's great, but every day has been like a different event for like meeting other people Yeah, and they always bring beer over or they buy beer. And I'm like, guys, like, and yes, this is amazing. But like, please let's slow, let's slow down just a little bit. 
yeah i hear you i already have like i already have a bunch of plans lined up for a home and i'm like oh my god all these involve drinking um <laughs> it's a, it's a struggle but it's a struggle i don't think anybody really actually thinks it's a struggle but anyways no. beyond beyond this being the backyard drinking podcast um i was i was mentioning earlier you know that you're like knowing you very well and it definitely like editing everybody's work you know i can tell that you definitely have a very man of the people sort of voice you know you, you communicate things well in a way that everybody like you mentioned everybody can relate to whether it's the you know kind of what the fantasy footballers were saying in the last podcast like it's good it's in-depth enough for the you know veteran player but not over the you know beginner's head and there's somewhere in the middle there and i think you strike a very good delicate balance that others might not. I'm sure I go over people's heads all the time and there's probably people, fantasy writers that, you know, keep things too basic for the, you know, the veteran players. So there is definitely a balance and I think you do a good job striking that. And one thing that I actually think is funny and, and I'm actually just kind of putting this together in my head now, I, I know you mentioned you come from a different writing background a little bit. I come from a different writing background. that's not sports writer and, you know, even franchise comes from a different, like the music writing background. I think one thing that's pretty unique about my, about our team and all of us there and you can you know you can correct me if you think I'm wrong normally I am uh that there's definitely there's definitely a different voice like we're not about we're not sports writers I would say we're like writers that are writing about sports but none of us really come like none of us really writes like a sports writer which I personally think is good because most sports writing in my opinion is bad uh and that's something that I would uh I would encourage people that are aspiring writers is don't necessarily try to replicate your, your favorite sports writer. Cause most of it's probably not good writing one anyways. And two, like that's already out there. Try to be different. So kind of all that I just said, I didn't really ask you a question, but just react to what I just said. No, I, I, was, I understand where you're going. And it's, it's, it's very true. Like we have a diverse set of voices and backgrounds in our group, which I think helps itself because you know, you get, different point of views and different perspectives and like the same thing like you said don't try and emulate your favorite sports writers if you think about it those guys their voices all came from somewhere else too or some sort of other background it's not like they tapped into the sports writer voice well and then you know siphoned out their portion of the same voice from it like all those best guys are the guys that that writing their whose writing stands out a little bit is because they had different experiences or they came from some you know somewhere else or they're putting their own life into their work so yeah. It's definitely important. I definitely think it's useful. And when it comes to like, you know, preparing or reading or writing or other stuff like that is definitely don't limit yourself to just to just sports, like read, read everything. I mean, you've seen my bookshelf, like I read comic books on the deck and I've got novels and I've got sports books and stuff like that, too. And I read scripts still from working in entertainment. So don't, uh, you know, don't pigeonhole yourself or wall yourself into this little sports world because there's such great writing out there of all shapes and sizes that you can definitely learn from. Yeah, for sure. And you mentioned um, scripts and, and writing on the side. And that's something that you do on a your regular basis. You know, you, you actually are working on different screenplays with one of your friends. Um, let's discuss that a little bit. One, why is talk, just, I hate to say talk about, but <laughs> <laughs> hashtag talk about that. <laughs> and two, why is that important to have kind of a, a, a side, a side hustle, as, as we like to say? Right. Uh, well, for starters, I, uh, when I was uh, still in entertainment, I would write with my friend because it was a good creative way for us to stay out. And I was in uh, development, which is where you work with writers and craft the stories and work with different properties and stuff like that. So it was a good way to still get in the mechanics of storytelling on the screen. And 
since getting out of entertainment, since that was kind of my first love and what brought me out here, I wanted to stay in touch with a little bit. And it was a great way to stay in touch with my good friend, Dane, who works for worked for Amazon in Seattle and will actually be moving to Venice shortly to work with Google. But it was a great way for us to stay in touch and just tap that creative side of the brain because that's the field I came from first. And while I definitely work, work out that side of the brain too a lot at work, sometimes, as you know, during the season, that grind is not exactly as, as creative. It's like, mm-hmm. here's my data, frame the argument, publish. <laughs> like, so it's, it's good to stay in touch with that. And it's just, like you said, it's a fun side hustle. It stays creative and it's a different avenue if this were ever to not work out or to add on in addition to this, because, uh, we do have a, a manager for screenwriting, which is pretty exciting, and uh, and he's great. And we're working on ideas and stuff like that. But Hollywood is a crazy, is a crazy tough, different business. So it's a slow roll, and it's a good one um, that we can just do on the side while we have while he and I both have good jobs. And I think it is it is fun. I mean, it is a lot of extra work. I mean, usually when you come home, you just work on other football stuff. But it's fun for me to to switch gears and turn my brain into that completely different creative fashion. And it helps helps me stay fresh and sane then from. Uh, especially from the grind of the season. Yeah. I'm actually looking to get a, a project. It's not the same thing, but something like a side project or with writing started during the season too, just for that same reason. Cause I felt that, you know, this being my first year working full time with football, like it, it was definitely got to a point where I was like, God, I need to think about something else. Like I can't just come home and think about more football. I'm going to drive myself right. insane. Um, and like, so whatever it is, whether it's like, if you're going to write a novel or write a, sociology book or whatever it is just it's really good to be able to to switch gears you know because otherwise you get burnt out and you get in danger of then like keeping your brain thinking the same way too like if you're always looking everything you're looking at it the same way if it's just football this way football this way like changing it switching gears and thinking about something else can help you get a new perspective on football when you come back to it too yeah absolutely and i mean that like we were saying earlier that perspective uh, whatever it was but prior to writing about football was what made us you know good by some standards football writers and you know it ended up making us into the into the people we are today and i've talked about this a lot on the podcast like nobody likes the 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 football robot you know the uh okay now i will talk about football and that is it this is a tweet about football and nothing else and i've never off oh, you know no kidding you follow my twitter feed i'm definitely not that guy <laughs> Sorry if you follow me. I always apologizing, but um, I, yeah, there's uh, there's definitely a lot to, but uh, a lot that you need to work that brain out. Like where you spent, you know, you and I are kind of the same way, and that have a lot of other interests, and it's important to get that out there. And it's probably important for anybody that wants to do this, like I said, full time, because there's a chance that if you overindulge yourself, you just end up hating it, and that is possible. Yeah. You know, people don't 100%. people don't think you can end up hating football or fantasy, but. <laughs> It can happen. That's, that's yeah. I haven't I haven't reached that point yet. There are definitely parts of the season where I'm like I would like to think about something else. But I mean, I still I still love football. You know, loved it my entire life. So I haven't reached that point yet. A lot of people ask me that when I got the job. They're like, "Oh man, are you gonna hate football?" And I was like, "I like I loved movies, and working in movies didn't make me hate movies. Like, if it's something you're passionate about, you know, you can you can be careful. But you're right. There is a line to toe because if you get too inundated in it, then and you have nothing else, like that's that's how you get worn out. Yeah, it's all about striking the balance with any job you have. You can't come home and think because at the end of the day, it is a job and you don't want to come home and always think about your job. You just have to. It's hard to get sick of football unless you make yourself sick of football. And uh, that's where having yeah, other interests, having other interests coming, you know, coming along and, and all that. That's where that comes in. Um, Alex, what let's 
kind of take a grand view of the industry as a whole. And you mentioned when you came, when you came in to, to the, to the sphere, you know, that's when you started, you know, realizing that there's things up there like, you know, draft Twitter and that there's more coverage going on than just, you know, what's going on at NFL media and that sort of stuff. Um, Mm -hmm. And I certainly came in from that, from that swampy mess. (laughs) Um, It was, it was pretty funny when I first got the job, a lot of people reached out to me and said, it's like, it feels like one of us, you know, got, got out or whatever. (laughs) I've followed a bunch of people on draft Twitter and kind of slowly working my way to that community too. It was funny when we hired you and I remember we were talking, you're like, yeah, I'm not going to announce it until this day or whatever. Like, yeah, that's fine, man. And when you put it out there, I was seeing all the people that were, tweeting at you and stuff and they were like oh man you know what a win for like draft twitter and stuff and one of them was going to the big leagues and stuff or or they were teasing you for like selling out but oh well there's always somebody teasing me which is fine i can i i welcome (laughs) i welcome it and can can take it if you can't laugh at yourself then what what is this all really no that's true and that's that's when you know you've kind of you kind of assimilated into into that culture on twitter and stuff is when you when you start getting made fun of as well so well yeah it's 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 just like like your friends it's like exactly exactly yeah i mean i would say that uh my real friends across all specters uh the people here you guys back there everybody likes to make fun of me and i mean i make myself a pretty easy target sometimes but that's important (laughs) if you're gonna yeah right if you're gonna be in this business too you got to also learn to laugh at yourself and not take your not take yourself so seriously i think i said that, that on twitter yesterday actually like Take, the thing about taking yourself seriously is is that it's almost never a good idea. You will almost always, <laughs> it's almost never a good idea. No, it's one hundred percent true. And like in it, kind of a sidebar from that is uh, just be open to uh, to like criticism and encouragement and stuff too. Because whether it's whether it's from a good source, like a coworker or something, or from you know Mister Asshat on Twitter who's yelling at your article, egg like avatar. <laughs> egg avatars, you know, getting getting up in arms about you saying something on Twitter is like. Like having thick skin and skin and taking criticism is a part of the game, and it's a good way to to get better as well. As to you don't want to take everything to heart, but sometimes there might be a kernel if you see some people saying something or like, oh, what about this? Or why don't you think about it this way? It's 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 not an indictment of you as a writer. It's just in in a process of your of your growth and a good way to to learn more. Yeah, no, we're humans. We're we're always growing and and you know, maturing and, and especially in, in writing, you're all, you should always be getting better. You should always be open to criticism because it's never like, there's never a cliff that you reach and you're like, all right, now I'm here. Now I'm a great writer. There's nowhere else to go. That's, that is mm-hmm. definitely a craft and a field that you are always improving, but kind of getting back, spinning a little bit to what I was originally going to ask you, like taking kind of a, a 30,000 of whatever. Oh, geez, that was a gross 30,000 foot view. There it is. Okay. I'm not even gonna edit that out. I'm gonna leave that in there. Um, 30,000 foot view of, of the industry and everything. What's something that, and not just our specific team kind of take that out of it. Like what's something, what's something that you see that you don't really like? I've been kind of asking this from people recently and it provided some interesting Hmm. answers. That's a good question. Um, I don't know that I have anything that's like really rubbed me the wrong way recently because like for the most part, I feel like the community is, quite inclusive and open to new ideas and stuff like that. And, or maybe I'm just following the right people from the industry on Twitter and stuff like that. But um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I have a good answer for something that I don't like about what's going on in the industry right now. Um, Cause I think it's, I think it's cool and it's growing and there's a lot of new voices and seeing le- seeing places like, you know, inside the pylon isn't uh, just strictly isn't like fantasy or anything, but seeing, opportunities for for a site like that to grow up and people be very supportive of it and like 
dynasty league football and stuff like that and seeing you know so many people reaching out and stuff like that i think is pretty cool if there was one thing i wouldn't like i would maybe it would just be that there are too few like full-time opportunities for people to do this and so many people that have such a good perspective and such a good voice have to like grind on as a second job to do this kind of thing that's their passion like i just wish there's you know there is so much money going around in fantasy i mean more of it's shifted at the top and stuff like that but i guess there's something I didn't like that there weren't more opportunities for those people to get more exposure and be able to do this kind of thing, you know, full time. It's all focused at the top. That almost sounds like another economic structure I'm familiar with. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! Now we're now now we're dang- uh, this is the second like political reference we've made on the podcast, which kind of makes we'll sense. Just, we'll we'll hashtag stick to football over here for this <laughs> podcast. No kidding. Um, or stick to writing or whatever you want to talk about. It is your show after all. It is it is my damn show, and we will talk about whatever I want to talk about. No, I'm just kidding. Um, yeah, but no, I think that's a good point. And you know, it, there are that's something that I didn't really realize. It's it's funny that when I was first starting out, like finding out slowly and surely that um, like a lot of the writers that I followed and I thought were very intelligent and knew their you know knew their stuff about football and had great writing chops and everything weren't full time writers and probably never you know, would be, I mean, I obviously got lucky and ended up with a, with a big, a bigger gig and everything, but the opportunities are limited. And, and that is the, that is one of the things, the themes of the podcast has been that, you know, you got to stick out in order to, in order to make yourself seen in what is a very, you know, robust space in terms of coverage and people that are talking about it and interest, but not robust in the terms of uh, what you have, like what you, what you have to, to get paid to do it. It's a, t- it's right. a tough ride. It's a tough grind out there. You know, off of that, I would say, too, like, um, for people, like, it, it, don't be afraid, too, to throw your hat in the ring for any sort of job. Like, I know, I think you said, too, when you first saw the NFL job, you are like, oh, I don't know if I'm qualified or whatever, or, like, they'll never pick me or whatever. But I tell that to people all the time. Like, I've had a, a friend's girlfriend was, like, trying to find work, and she's like, well, I'm not, I'm not, like, I don't meet the requirements for any of these jobs. I'm like, I don't think I've ever met the requirement fully for any job I've ever had. Like you never know what it's going to be on your resume or cover letter or anything that's going to stick out to somebody. Like, you know, it doesn't hurt to shoot your shot when it comes to these opportunities. And while there are some that are, they're fewer and far between to get like the full-time gig. Like if you want a chance at something, whether it's, you know, dynasty League football or bleacher report or like playmaker mentality or something like reach out to those people, apply for the job and just, and just see, like, um, I think I've told you this anecdote before, but, um, I had a friend who, when she was she was moving out to LA to work in entertainment, she'd applied to um, work as a writer's assistant on a Shonda Rhimes show. Shonda does Grey's Anatomy, Scandal. It was Scandal at the time, so she got picked up on. But Shonda's a huge name, and my friend had like no writers' room experience, like some limited experience on the resume. She got the job because one of the people was like, "Oh, when I saw your resume, I saw that you worked as a PA for like a weekend on Transformers." And he was like, "If you can work with Michael Bay, you can work with anybody." So we brought you in. So like she was super underqualified for that job. And when she came out, she had the best job like of us right away out of the gate. So you never know what it is going to be about you or what you've done. That's going to catch somebody's eye or like, you know, make them pull your, pull your resume out of the pile. Right. Like for years, I remembered I saw reception reception, like we followed each other and I was like, Oh, right. Matt, he's a good writer. Like pull him out. Yeah, it is. And you know, it was right. No, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, but I was going to, it's a nice thing I was going to say about you. And I, I say this a lot to people back here. Um, <laughs> there's a lot that I owe to, to, to you. Uh, and which is why, which is why I've been saying, you know, I've, I haven't been ignoring you. I've been saving your episode for the right time <laughs> because I mean, I know you, I know, I know. 
there's a, there's a lot that I owe to you for being for having the job that I have now and um, and just successfully living in LA because it can be a tough city to navigate. Um, so much love, sending love your way through the right. through the interwebs. No, I appreciate that. I'd say I helped you more on the LA front, like helping you find a good apartment when you had never been there and like introducing you to more people and stuff. Okay. And on the writing front, like, you know, people have said before, you did that on your own and like other people will find that on their own. Like, yeah, I helped, I pulled your name out of the sack and, you know, caped up for you. And when we were going through the different discussions, there were a lot of really good candidates. It wasn't a, an easy decision at the time either, but we were, we were very happy with that one. Mm. Yeah, well, somewhat happy, uh, except for that one thing. Um, <laughs> but uh, the, the, as we were saying earlier, there's, you know, the worst thing that anybody can say is no, you know, or nothing at all. I mean, that's what I figured would happen when I applied for the NFL job. Like, I'll probably never hear back from these jackasses, like, whatever. And then, you know, but but I did. And that's always the outcome that could happen. And the worst thing that can really happen is that, you know, the job says no. And then you just take that as motivation and get better. You know, if you apply to DLF or whatever, um, you know, that you, you, and they say no, then you just, all right, what do I need to do to, to get better? You know, and you can ask that too, if you hear back. Yeah, absolutely. No, be like, what was it about my resume? And I remember because there were sites that when I first started out that told me no. Um, and said, no, we're not interested in you or whatever. And, and I would, you know, normally just try to be like, okay, well, what is it about me or my writing, you know, unless it's just an experience thing, like what is it that I can do to get better and hopefully next time swing around. So that's the, you know, it's important to take, to take criticism and, you know, rejection very well because that happens a lot. And that, what you were just saying too, is kind of leads me to another idea that we hadn't got on the topic yet, but I think that's kind of a good segue is like, how important um, in any field, especially one that's like media driven, like like fantasy writing, is how important networking is. Because yeah. like whether it's on Twitter or in real life or via emails, like don't be afraid like to ask people stuff because uh, pretty much everybody that you're going to ask got favors from somebody else along right. the way to get where they are. And it's networking is it's a two way street. You know, you can ask them for something, then they might ask you for something later, and it's just. It's not even about like purely just asking and expecting something. It's just about building relationships and how important those are. And then I'm, I'm, I was naturally very good at that. I'm not going to lie. I had other friends that I try to encourage to network more, like my friend Dane, who I mentioned, and he's like, I just suck at it. Um, so it is an art and it takes practice. But I, I wrote a really good book in college for a class that was all about like getting prepared to work in entertainment. The book was called uh, Dig Your Well Before You're Thirsty. And there was a fun anecdote off the top that the guy who wrote the book said he was like, just got done golfing with some friends. And somebody, I think, asked, or maybe he proposed a question, like, if you were to call somebody in the, like, in the middle of the night to come, like, help you out or whatever, he's like, how many people do you think would actually come and do it? Most people were like, maybe three, like, four, two. And the guy who wrote the book was like, I honestly think I have 50 people I could call from building his network that deeply and, like, fostering those relationships that would come and help him out in the middle of the night. So... It's a good thing, and like you said, asking people for feedback, like if you get rejected for a job, or hitting us up on Twitter, like how did you get where you are, or could you read this thing, or like advice, like it, it never hurts to ask and stuff like that, because a lot of people are, will be willing to give those favors and are, are gonna be responsive to somebody being positive and asking something like that, or, or seeking advice or help like that. Yeah, definitely, I mean, I get a lot of people emailing me to, you know, to ask for advice or to read read an article and I normally I always say on the podcast is I will normally star things and be like I'm gonna come back to this eventually I normally do not get back to people very quickly yeah, on emails I'm bad about it too 
Oh, it's so bad. Which is why I think, well, that's why they make that flag or the star or whatever, so, so that I can remember it. Normally, like at the end of the week, I'll be like, okay, what was all this stuff I missed? Um, you know, it's uh, staying in touch, not not my best quality. Um, on all my friends and back I, home have reminded me of that. And on the same token, like if you email like Matt, for instance, and he's like, yeah, I'll read this and get back to you, and doesn't for a while, doesn't mean he hates you or read it and dislikes it. Like, send a follow-up. Like, right. lots of times, it's just simply a matter of like, the inbox getting flooded or actually life getting in the fucking way because we're right. busy with work and things like that. So don't be afraid to follow because I think, I think too many people feel like there's that weird barrier when it comes to networking. It's like, I don't want to be a burden or I don't want to annoy them. But for, like nine times out of 10 or 99 out of 100, like you're not going to be a burden or annoying somebody or like a reminder on something like that or just reaching out is going to be, is going to be fine. Right. And most people are decent human beings. I mean, there are definitely some jackasses that are like, I can't be bothered to help a low level writer. Like, you know, there are people out there like that. Don't get me wrong. I would say that Alex is definitely not that person. I'm certainly not that person. And most of the people on the podcast that you've had so far that you've listened to so far are not that people. If you reach out to them, they will reply to you. They'll at least, you know, like Alex said, don't hesitate to do that follow-up. I know I'm the worst about that. I, when I was starting out, I was constantly like, God, I really don't want to annoy anybody. God, I really don't want to annoy anybody. But now that I'm kind of on that other end of the spectrum, I always find it weird that people think that they're annoying me. I'm like, well, no, no, no dude. Like, so now it's, it's, or that they're like, you know, I know you're really busy and like, you know, you, you write for a big website. I'm like, oh, I'm just another person. I'm just another, right. I'm just another guy. Like, just another idiot. Like I said a lot. I say a lot. I'm just another idiot on his couch talking about football. Still, no matter what. So yeah, there's don't don't ever hesitate to to feel like you're annoying. So or don't ever hesitate to reach out and follow up. Yeah, I'm bad about following up. That's not that's not what I'm good at. But hey, yeah. here we are. Um, Alex, kind of kind of winding down here as we've, we're getting close to the hour. Uh, of course, really want to thank you for putting up with me even when you're finally rid of me. Uh, that is a... <laughs> we'll see if that ever does happen. We could end up just living in that apartment together forever on, on Fantasy Live and NFL.com. Just hey. growing old, you, me, and Chuck. Well, that sounds pretty good, uh, considering both of our <laughs> <laughs> considering both of our uh, relationship histories. Uh, maybe that's not a bad <laughs> maybe not. Oh God! Now, now we're in a whole other spectrum of the podcast. There's a yeah. lot of there's a lot of lanes where we had to stop right away. Um, Alex, you mentioned you know that you staying interested in things outside of 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 uh, football is important, and you know obviously your your work in entertainment and write script screenwriting and everything is a big part of that. What's some other What are some other ways that you kind of unplug from the football world? Uh, I mean, like movies would be first and foremost. Like you know, I go to the theater all the time. Like on Tuesdays with friends for the cheap night or walk down and things like that. Is that's one of my that's one of my biggest passions is is just going in the theater and having the lights turn off. And uh, just just totally spacing out, like getting lost in that world. Like I like watching movies at home too, but there's just something about being in the theater and shutting off my cell phone and completely detaching. Like that's that's one of my favorites. And uh, I love running too. I actually just got a new pair of running shoes, which is good because then you can get out and get out there. And I'll actually that's how I listen to podcasts a lot too. I know you have to listen to music when you work out, but it's just a good way to unplug and listen to different things. And then uh, I still I've uh, gotten back into gaming a little bit, as you know, with my college friends back home. That's so a good way too to if you. You completely need to turn off the brain, man. Just uh, hop online with some friends and, you know, kill some kids and and some <laughs> stupid game or like play soccer or whatever like like that. And uh, it's a good way to unplug. But I think it, it is fun to stay to stay diverse and up to date on other things, whether it's TV and movies or politics or 
literature, whatever, like that's the trouble is there's so many things I'd like to stay more up to date on. I just don't have the time. My, my stack of books that I still need to read is massive and it's never going to go down, but uh, just, just staying diverse and open, keeping your eyes and mind open to other ideas and other things and other avenues of entertainment that you might not have before. Yeah, that's, that's definitely super important. Um, one question that I've been, I've found myself asking people a lot and I, I don't remember which episode I started doing it. And maybe it's because I, ask myself this question all the time and I have no idea what the answer is on my end. Um, and I'm glad I get to be the one that asks the question. You know, it's a typical thing that, you know, your, your, your grandmother might ask you after you graduate college, like Alex, what's, what's, you've obviously come a really long way, you know, as a person that's, you know, you're like basically thirties, but you're still pretty young. Um, 27. That's a, that's an inside joke, you know, between the two of us that, you know, being, right being that I'm obviously much younger and much, like I mentioned, much more attractive and, and, and fit and everything. <laughs> oh, sorry. Here we go again. God, it's just like we're back in the apartment right now. Oh, sorry. We're not talking about me. I forgot. Um, you know, me and Captain America basically have the same body, just basically the same person. Basically the same person. <laughs> but you've obviously come a really long way, you know, in your career, in a, in a, in your career, you're a pretty young guy and there's a lot of progress you made and you should be proud of that. That's awesome. But What's what's your plan going forward? What's kind of the end game you see for your career? End game is a good question. I don't know if I've figured out an end game yet, but for me, it's just like once I got into uh, the spot where you know I'm creating creating content or creating whatever, like that's kind of what I always wanted to do. So I guess the end game is just get to a point where I can keep creating stuff, and maybe get to a point where I can really create the things I want to create or tell the stories I want to create. And whether that's strictly in fantasy or entertainment or other writing or whatever, like, you know, I'm trying to work with our um, original content team to maybe do a long form this off season when I have a little more time off from fantasy once our draft kit is out. But just, just to continue be, to be creating and to continue learning and things like that, because being in the field as, as a writer, I saw another great quote one time. Somebody's like, is basically, I'm going to totally butcher this, but anybody who, goes on to be a professional writer, basically signs up to do homework for the rest of their life. Like, you know, it's like you're in high school, you always have to, or college or whatever, you always have to do homework and research things. And that, that's basically life as a writer. You can't just sit down ever and like, no novelist or anybody that's writing for a magazine ever just sits down and cranks out 5,000 words on nothing. You know, it takes, it takes time and it takes research and, and it's a fun process because you're always continuing to learn and you're always experiencing new ideas and thoughts and things like that. And then hopefully in turn, learning how to convey your own new ideas and thoughts and stuff like that. So as long as I'm, as long as I'm creating in some way, shape or form, I think that'll, and that's stays that way till the end game. That'll be, that'll be good enough for me. Yeah, no doubt. And and it is a good point. Like in our job in particular and any, you know, like you mentioned any writer, but especially with football, like I think Josh Norris and I talked about this way back in episode five, which feels like a hundred years ago, you know, that, that you're never really off the clock. You know, there is always, and it's important to know the, obviously we talk about boundaries and know the line of that, but you're never off the clock. There is always more research you could do. There's always more tape you can watch. You know, there's more writing you can do. Like there are hundreds and hundreds of players and you could write about every uh, hundreds of different angles about every single one of them. But it's it's also, while it's important to know that, uh, know the line and boundaries and everything, you also have to realize like, yeah, this this is pretty much a, this is, it's a commitment. You know, it's a, it's a lifetime, yeah. it sounds like a marriage, but it's like a lifetime commitment. And it's, you have to find ways to, to find the joy in that still too. And find, you know, find a way to stay excited and to stay hungry with all that. Because like, 
I know one of my big things, one of my big homework assignments that I have for myself is my favorites right now, or likes or whatever the hell they're called on Twitter these days. I have so many articles in there over the past like year or whatever that I've been like, oh, I really want to read this. Like I have them all tagged there. And I'm like, I need to really just like take a Sunday or something before the season starts and just have my favorites thing open and open up all the tabs of things I wanted to read and go through it. But that is still like exciting to me. It's things I want to do, but it's just, it's finding the time to do those. And like you said, finding that balance and boundaries is, is very important, but gotta just gotta also find a way to stay hungry and, and keep enjoying it. Whether that is taking breaks to play video games with college friends or going to the theater or going on a cross country road trip and taking pictures of your, your dog the entire time. Like, you know, find, find, find ways to make sure that you, that you still enjoy what you're doing, whatever, whatever it is. It's not, doesn't particularly hold true to just fantasy writing. It's, it's true of any walk of life. 100%. Um, all right. So kind of seriously winding down here now, um, Alex, I always give the guest one last chance at the floor, you know, to kind of say anything you want, literally anything you want, as many things as you want. Uh, but, you know, especially like any advice to aspiring writers or just any final thoughts. The floor is yours now before I rip it out from under you. Oh man, gonna rip it out from under me. It sounds so violent when really it's just a graceful exit to the podcast with your like sweet little like country twang music or whatever whatever you typify that genre as in there. <laughs> but I guess uh, the advice I, w- I think I would have is to is for people to to one stay hungry and you know never be satisfied because there's always always something more to learn and always something more to do whether it's in your own field or outside um, and you don't want to, you don't want to get an ego about it and, and always be aware that there are so many people that are, that are smarter than you in a certain aspect or better than you. And, and two, part of that is like be able to learn from the big picture and like understand the big pictures. Like when I was, before I got more in with NFL fantasy, you know, that was when I was, I was telling, I said earlier on the podcast, like I was learning more about what else was going on in the industry and finding all these other sites and seeing the great work that guys like, Evan Silva and Sigmund Bloom and Waldman and the guys at DLF and everywhere, you know, are doing both fantasy and otherwise and, and figuring out a way to, to become a part of that and also be different like you did with reception perception and things like that. And I think those kind of go in conjunction is, is stay hungry and, and know what the big picture is to kind of find your place in it. So I think those would be my two, my two closing arguments there. I don't know if that spirals you into any more questions or not, but uh that would be that and network. Don't be afraid to ask questions. Absolutely. Sorry. I was, I got a, l- a little laugh out of that. My mom apparently was watching this broadcast live and uh, made several comments about the background that I was using, <laughs> oh. <laughs> but uh, no, I think those were great thoughts and sorry, I got distracted, but no, you're, you're oh, absolutely okay. right. It's important to stay hungry and also to find your place, you know, knowing your finding your niche, knowing your lane, I think is super important. And it's, it's great. It's great stuff for, you know, aspiring writers and everything. Um, no doubt about it. Great stuff from Alex Gelhart here. I really want to thank you, Alex, for again, like I mentioned, putting up with me, uh, number one, uh, when you did not have, when you, are, when you are finally free from me, um, you know, it's definitely have a, have a good time back in Wisconsin. Can't wait to see you again. I know you feel the same way. You don't, you don't have to say a while though, man. We're going to, we're going to have to make a trip to the Gulf as soon as we're both back in LA or something. And, oh my God. and not see other people for a while. Cause I'm, I'll be back in LA in like a week, but you're not coming back for like two or three more weeks on your cross country journey. So yeah, a long time. I'm It'll be spend- weird. The drive back is, is going to be eventful because I think I'm literally going to spend uh, like two days just driving around Arizona because there's just so okay. many cool things to see there. I'm also going to spend a couple days in Austin with uh, with Sigmund Bloom and Uncle Chaps might be coming down. And oh, oh my man. God, I'm going to be so jealous if you meet Chaps in person. 
Well, you can be jealous, but we also might not survive. You never know. Sigmund's yeah, that's said, true. <laughs> Sigmund's already said that we're going to have to have like a lawyer, not him, a real lawyer present uh, to sign waivers for everybody involved, and you know, maybe do the thing where like NFL players probably should, where they just everybody turns in their cell phone beforehand. Uh, so yep, turn your cell phone in keys, and then you guys can go off in like a limo <laughs> or something and uh, have a wild night. But that should be fun. I'm I'm, oh, I'm jealous of your journey. I can't wait to hear more about it. It sounds awesome absolutely no doubt about it but uh, you know alex like i said thank you so much for coming on today thanks everybody for listening uh the podcast response has obviously been great and you know keep up with what we're doing in nfl fantasy i can promise you and not just because not just because i'm there but more so in spite of me being there nfl fantasy is going to take this place over uh we're doing a lot of great things and there's only more to come and it's because of talented people like alex and and all the rest of the people that we have there so everybody thank you so much for listening today and i hope you learned something